0: This is Comet Picks by the Glick, and here's your host, Jason Glick. Jason Glick! Alright, yeah. what's going on? Okay, uh, this week, uh, this last week saw the release of the 12th volume of um, writer Brian Michael Bendis, artist Michael Avon Oming's um, Volume of Powers. Mm. This is, I, I mention this because it's, this is, for me, this is like kind of one of their defining books, I mean, Bendis, he made his name back in back in the early days, writing like hard boiled crime fiction. Uh-huh. But he's always had an affinity for superheroes, and with powers, here he was able to combine both his loves of those: crime fiction and superheroes. Because we're saying this is like a police procedural drama set in a world populated by superheroes. Mm. Not like not like not any superheroes you know or anything, but there's enough familiar archetypes to realize like that that whenever like, they want to have like you know like um this like like back. Like Batman um, be, get involved in a sex scandal, or Superman going batshit insane. It's like they can do stuff like that, and then mm-hmm. not have to worry about like the like, guys at Marvel or DC just saying, uh, "No, you can't do that. That would weaken the franchise." But, and overall, it's been a great. It's been a really entertaining series. Like you got uh, Benice's knack for great, 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 witty, natural sounding dialogue uh, mixed with um, Oming's um, um, animation style art that does a good job of, like being of showing the emotional side being able to catch emotion for, like all the all the characters and like doing some like being able to show some really graphic violence I mean like you look at his style and it's like it's very cartoonish, but he's also got a great eye for de- detail on how to lay out a Because like I imagine like a lot of stuff that Ben just throws at him like just like lots of multi multi panel page structures and uh, and like all like the epic stuff like like doing the scene doing an issue because t- it's entirely of monkeys. Beating the crap out of each other and having sex with each other. I mean, that's not okay. easy to commit to commit to Paige, but O Ming pulls off with, with grace. And also like just like some real spots of graphic violence. Like people's like innards getting blown out, heads getting getting knocked off, like stuff like that. I mean, like he, he's a great versatile artist, and is like his, and the series is a great showcase for his skills here. That being said, I'm getting ahead of myself. Because basically the core of the series is the, it's that character drama between two detectives. One is Christian Walker, a vet, veteran of the, of the beat of the city, so to speak, and his and his new partner, um, Dina Dina Pilgrim. And she like he like he's like the kind of guy like no, I don't need a partner. And then she gets i um, stuck with him anyway. Cause she he's like the the, the um, he's like this, your traditional like um, man's man cop. He's like square like literal square jaw. It's like um big big ber- big burly guy, strong guy. And she's like this little petite girl. It's like who also. There's also like a real real mouth on her, it's like and like very cynical a cynical streak a mile wide. And their first their first case together, um chronicled in the first volume, Who Killed Retro Girl, well, has him um get has them this puts them through the pace interests you the series world and gives you like like a straightforward superhero who does basically naturally who killed retro girl. Right. <laughs> of course. Yeah, and this, the first one like embodies most series' greatest strengths and some, and its weaknesses as well because all it's a they set this great world of like of super of populated by superheroes and their and their super villains mm-hmm. and it's like it's a, it, it hits the ground right for the most part. The problem is is that like well the um the procedural stuff is great because you get some nice bits where you where you you get where you where to like the um how how law crime fighting works in this world I mean. Like, like, You've got like cops have power drainers. Like they they have to um, take to flick on every time they interrogate a superpowered suspect in case lest they um go berserk and just start beating the crap out of the out of the cop because cops like they're just they're just regular guys, you know. Like, but they're also having to investigate like you no know, like super superpowered villains and and superheroes in case they ever break the law and stuff. Right. Yeah. But and also and also there's also part problem, like when a, what happens when superheroes killed I mean, like why do you do the autopsy, man? Like, if your, if your, yeah, if your, um, superhero's, um, body can, like, um, is um, is bulletproof, then how are you gonna, like, how are you gonna cut him up in order to, um, find out what, what killed him and all? That's, right. you know, just interesting stuff like that. Now, the problem is, like, well, it's got, this is a great world, lots of Woody really, really dialogue, great character interaction between, um, Walker and Pilgrim, especially when she, fi- when Dina finds out that, that, um, Walker used to be a superhero himself, but, his power after a fight his powers were taken away now he's just a beat, beat cop kind of strong but still just you know living a regular life these days but the problem is it's like, like a lot of times like it feels like the problem like the solution to the to the to the problem just just drops right into their lap like in the first like in first arc, um the killer just turns up on their doorstep saying that I, can, I confess this to the thing and its a an interesting twist is put on the angle because, like, basically, he wants to be, be famed for all this. Like, he was the person who killed Retro Girl, and he wants his moment in this, he wants his six minutes of fame because he did that. That's yeah, an interesting twist. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the second arc role play has a bunch of um, like college kids going on role playing as superheroes just for kicks, mm-hmm. and then eventually being um, getting more than they bargained for after they find out that one of their that the, the the villain they've actually um hired to um be their supervillain for this role play session, is actually actually has superpowers. Mm. And like that's like what like they mesh they track him down, but then, and uh, like the, the, the situation it just kind of like unfolds pr- pretty straightforwardly from there. I mean like for me like the first three volumes are you know, kind of okay, I mean they're interesting, but they're not. But um like I said it's not eh, the plot doesn't quite grab me. Didn't quite grab me as well. As well as it should man. Yeah, like I said earlier, great art, great story, interesting world, but the, the story plot, plotting just yeah, isn't isn't quite there yet. Okay. Even though you've got a great great sequence in um, volume three where um, Warren Ellis gets invited along for a uh, joyride with um, with Walker, huh. and um, winds up getting winds up getting more than he bargained for after Walker gets taken captive by a supervillain, and then. And I also for um for those of you who got more purity interests is also I guess sort of what happens when a superhero dies while having sex with this one girl. <laughs> yeah. So that's good. But for me the series didn't quite quick until you get to volume four, supergroup. it mm. Which is government sponsored supergroup F G three. I want like one of their I guess three three members and one of them and they want they really hate each other. But they can't they can't say that because, you know, they're they work for the government. They want to put on a good show for the merchandise, for the money, and you know the whole public image thing. But after one of them flips and um, goes on the network, like spilling all the beans, um, slowly the other one of the other members is killed off, and that just spark and that turned that sets the stage for um Walker and Pilgrim to come on the scene and investigate what's going on. Hmm. It's a great um follow the money story as right. they try as they investigate um what the re like see the underside of FG three. And just like all the um, dynamics of what's was going on to government government manufactured supergroup, and it's it's a good st- it's a great great entertaining story. A, especially what happens when to Walker at the end when he um, winds up having to um, put his job on the line in order to reveal the truth about about things. And for me personally, there's this great scene towards the end when you're seeing bits of the FG three movie um, as reviewed by well they're not actually sit they don't actually say who these critics are, but anyone who looks at them can look. at can see that they're Siskel and Ebert. <laughs> and and Bendis' dialogue is just so so spot on for a moment here that it's uh, like he he brought he brought Gene Siskel back to life. <laughs> yes. I mean it's <laughs> it's such a great scene and it's like after this it's like oh man. It's it was beautiful. <laughs> that's great. Yeah. And as like as this, as this Gene Siskel Sandin says at the end, and that's for the F G3 movie, shame on the producers. Shame on the filmmakers, and again, shame on you, Joel Schumacher, for flicking this garbage upon us. <laughs> that's a great line, yeah, backhanded insult to Joel. <laughs> exactly, because you know it's like when you're coming down to, like crappy superhero movies. I mean, like there's Joel Schumacher, and then there's everyone else. Yes, that's right. <laughs> yeah, and and also, what's also worth mentioning about powers is that it, there's effectively two eras for the book. Hmm. The first era is like the Image era, where it was published by Image Comics, which is basically the first, first seven volumes. Okay. Yeah. And then from volume eight on, it was published published by Marvel Comics, okay. well, Marvel's Icon imprint. Okay. Yeah, because hmm. at some point Marvel realized, hey, you know what? Some of our creators, like you know, they're publishing books for other companies. Um, because, like, because we don't have to create our own section, because you know, we, we at Marvel, we like to have our all our books owned by Marvel Comics, right? <laughs> yeah, so we, we should you know what in order to get make money off of these books that our creators are writing, we should have our own imprint for this. Uh-huh. So that thus was created the Icon imprint, and um, after volume, volume Seven Forever, which details the epic origin of, of Detective Christian Walker, because guy's been around for a long time. I mean. You know those monkeys that were um, beating the crap out of each other in 2001 mm-hmm. um, in the monolith? Mm-hmm. That's how long he's been around since. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it, that's a great epic epic storyline, especially like, as it shows you his conflict between his his nemesis, the wolf, throughout the years. But it, <laughs> it's a great, great caption of the first, to the first um, volume of Powers. And the second volume kicks in with um, volume 8, Legends, which basically um, has after, it, after the, um, the World's Justice League, so to speak, goes nuts. Well, no, not Justice League. After the World's equivalent of Superman um, goes nuts and um, starts you know, just inflicting his own own brand of justice upon the entire world. It's like um, the president of the, of, the, of the country here decides to outlaw powers, which is, you know, this, this is brilliant because, you know, how do you, how do you get, like, you know, people with superpowers to just say, hey, you know what? Stop using them. And you know what happens? All the law-abiding powers, people who have powers, go, okay, we'll do that because we're, we're with the law. Right. <laughs> All the bad guys, though, they just say, nah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and so like, volume, volume 8 starts out with the entire, entire world in chaos, but it also showed, shows that a new, new version of Retro Girl steps up to take the challenge and to show that, you know, like, powers, we're just going, like, hey, you know what, we've got to do the right thing no matter what. And it also sets up the main thread for this for, this, for the next um, five volumes, which basically has um, Detective Walker, Detective Pilgrim getting getting infected with the Powers Virus. Because even though Detective Walker lost his powers years ago, now Detective Pilgrim has powers, but she can't tell anyone because you know they're illegal. And if she revealed that she had powers, like she'd be kicked off the force because you can't have superpower police officers. And from here. From volume eight on out, her her life just it's she's just going to a very very bad place from from there on out because like after she gets attacked by her by her boyfriend, um, she wants she wants killing him, hiding the body, and then just having to like deal with all the all these hiding all these secrets <laughs> from her partner, her friends, everyone, and then um that then what happens is internal affairs comes sniffing at her because she actually gets implied in the first volume. That she went and killed a, um, a known um, superpower villain, um, Johnny Stappinato, like a teleporter, but it was never actually proved. It's like it's it's mm-hmm. one of the series' big big running subplots over the over the years. But I don't know, like it's. But basically, what, the story from volumes eight eight to twelve is basically the story of of Dina, what happens to her when she has powers, and what and all the all the bad shit that comes when when that happens. Mm. And that being said, I mean, like, there's lots of great stuff in the, um, in in the Marv- in the Icon era. I mean, you've got, like I said, the it's it's fun watch, it, it's fun seeing it seem the the powers just like just say screw you to the president president's act. Also, mm-hmm. what happens when a, uh, when a um, hero's wife takes it, a special on um, powers giving gem to like, you know, go and fight crime herself, and just like, that doesn't go well at all. Mm-hmm. And also when um Walker. Um, winds up getting his own, getting new powers of his own because he, after a um, Green Lantern type hero um, represented as the uh, Millennium Guard is killed, the um, aliens who run run the show there basically um, um, look at Walker as being a yeah, he's had powers, he knows how to use them. Why don't we give give him, give, give him this guy's job? Yeah, so it's, and and then it, that works. That's an interesting thread as well, but. Um, the, I have to also say that um, one of the later volumes, volume eleven, "Secret Identity," which deals with um, another powers user, who's got um, let's see, a, I believe it was Lady Noir. She's got she has some very some vaguely defined evil super super superpowers. Like she got her powers through pack through a deal with the devil, so to speak. And um, then and then after her her on powers start getting the better of her, the devil comes calling to. Uh, to um, in, to to intercede and like he wants a uh, meet up with with Detective Walker, and that's it's an interesting concept and like for this volume I can see what they're trying to go for here. I mean it's for a lot of scenes I mean like <clears throat> this is probably one, one one of the few scenes where where Oming's and, Omings and Bendis um skill reach, reach exceeds their grasp because a lot of the scenes with with this um devil person is <laughs> they're trying to like go for like the complete mundane like this normal. Um, environment like corrupted by this evil presence. I mean, there's just there's this normal and this there's, there's this not normal presence, and anyway, that's that, that's a like great recipe for creepy effect. But uh, I look at this and I can't help but think. Now oh, I'm going over to manga here. i um, that mail um, male by um, Hosu Yamazaki, which I believe I mentioned in the Dark Horse podcast. Yes, mm-hmm. yeah, he pulled this off perfectly. I mean, the way he did it in his series is beautiful, and I, I'm looking at this and the way that uh um, and Oming did it, and I'm not feeling it. It ain't scary. It just feels kind of like it's just there. I mean, it's, the overall story isn't bad. Okay, well, maybe it's one... Of the, it's probably <laughs> one of the weaker... Oh, okay, well, I'll be honest. It's one of the weaker stories of their, gotcha. of their run, but it's still but it's still not not, not an awful story by any means. Right. And really, there ain't any complaints about, about the Marvel run or but the Icon run or, are limited in the last... This the most recent volume um the final volume volume twelve um the 25, 25 coolest dead superheroes of all time <laughs> admit, like i'm disappointed in the fact that we don't find out who the twenty five coolest dead superheroes of all time were, but it's a great um, wrap up to the to the whole to the whole icon run gotcha yeah as we yeah we get to find out as um as Dina um i guess resolution to her storyline and um, the whole surround some of the powers virus is is wrapped up satisfyingly. And with with her, with Dina Splot, I mean like I realized it it could have ended in in numerous ways. I mean it, most some of them good some of them mega happy, like like a betrayal of the whole whole storyline so far. Or just some like so wristly and depressing that you're kinda like, God, I only want to read this volume once and then just be done with it. But the way it ended here, it's a it's a good ending to the storyline. It leave it's a it doesn't betray its it's no, it's intentions, and it's not. It's not just um, whistling the president. You only want to read it once. You want to read it again just to see how it all fits in. I mean, it's it's a great capstone to the series, and it also like brings up my makes me want to um, bring up my disappointments with the whole comics market as it is because basically hmm. Bendis and Oming haven't said that volume twelve is the last volume of the series but it's basically going to be the last thing they're, they're going to be doing for quite some time. Mm. Because um, Bendis, <laughs> he's busy writing, he's the, um, managing the Avengers franchise for Marvel, along with Ultimate Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And um, Oming, he's got his own um, writing gig, gigs with Marvel, along with his own um, project and image called The Mice Templar. Mm. And um, I, I just wish the, this series was just selling gangbusters. We're like, talking right. like about 100,000 copies each month. You know, enough to convince these guys that hey, you know what? Just keep doing this series until it's reach its natural end. Don't just say, Hey, you know, we're gonna we like we love the series, this is our life's work. We gotta put it on off to the side for now, because we're just doing too much other stuff right now in order to give it our full attention. Right. I mean, we're like we just gotta like just gotta let it go for now. I mean it's like eh. I just wish that, that just that wasn't the case. But the world of the series, a lot of fun, and um, I wish we should get more of it, but as it stands right now, one through twelve, great stuff, well worth your time, and it's also good, and especially with all the um, all the editions that got out now, because you've got I think about like a like they're print on, on the positions where you get like the first year or so of the stories in hardcover. It's a great value for for your money, mm-hmm. and most of the most of the um, trade paperbacks also come with great extras like interviews with the creators and and such. Give you added added value for your money. So, right. so overall, great stuff, and I wish there'd be more of it. There probably will be more in the future, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And on that note, I'm gonna call it a night, and we'll be back in. Let's see, two weeks with hopefully. And I'm gonna commit myself this time to make make sure it happens. I'm gonna be catching up with the X-Men. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> good prep good, work. Yeah, yeah, cause there's. Yeah, cause there's that's when there's always lots of stuff to catch up. With. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay. All right, we'll see you next time. Later's.